0: And now, for the review of the day, Rodney Fentress gave us five stars on Facebook, Real Estate Rockstars with Pat Hyben. Every episode of this podcast is full of useful content that can be implemented immediately. This contribution to our industry is a great thing, and anyone in real estate can benefit from it, regardless of what stage of your career you're in. Many of the concepts are not new, but what makes the podcast great is is that the concepts are delivered by people who are using them to produce significant results. I wish I had discovered this podcast earlier in my real estate career, but I'm glad I found it when I did. I am implementing several things I've learned from real estate rock stars, and I look forward to being interviewed by Pat one day. Rodney Fentress with Keller Williams Town Center, Virginia Beach, Virginia. Keep the comments coming, guys. I love them. And remember, I eat feedback for breakfast. So give me a one-star review if you want, or a five-star review if you want. I don't care. And the more reviews we get, the better guests we get. So please, subscribe first, and then leave us a review, or wherever you're listening. Okay, Rockstar Nation, I have a great guest coming from Hampton Roads, Virginia. He's killing out there. He's with Sotheby's International Mr. Chris Weaver is on the show. Chris, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day, coming on Real Estate Rockstars.
1: Good morning, Pat. Thanks for having me.
0: Hey, buddy. Why don't you give everybody a little rundown on yourself so they can get to know you better?
1: Sure. I've been uh, licensed for just a little bit over 20 years. Uh, I actually got licensed here in Virginia Beach. Um, I was 19 when I started in the business. They kind of joked at the sales means they they still gave me the bottle of wine, but... Uh, the the sales manager would walk up to me and say, don't tell anyone I gave you this, you know, for for a winning top (laughs) agent in in the office. That's funny. And, uh, you know, after three years following my military heritage, which I grew up in 20 different cities growing up from, you know, age zero to 18, I uh, decided I wanted to leave the area because I was bored selling real estate here in my third year as a rookie in the business. And I started moving around the country. I moved to Florida. I moved to California uh, came back to Virginia to, to, you know, put money back in the bank and then went to another city in Florida, went to another area in California. And I did that a number of times until coming back, back here in 2007 and starting the, I guess you could say version 1.0 of the team that we have, you know, right, right now. And, uh, I guess you could say the rest is, rest is history.
0: So what year was that that you, that you, uh, bailed for three years?
1: Uh, the first time I left was in 2000, and again in 2002, again in 2004. I kind of continued that military cycle until I had kids, and, uh, and I have two kids now.
0: Okay. All
1: right. Single dad, too.
0: Okay. Hey, I mean, it's a great story that you can do that, right? I think a lot of people think that if they're in a market and they've built a business and they even take a month vacation, <laughs> that it's going to plummet. And you know what I mean? That they're screwed. And here you took essentially a four year vacation and yeah. proved that not only weren't you screwed, but you thrived.
1: Well, you know, it's all based on a couple of things. You know, number one, you've got to have some sort of marketing system so you can kind of get back into it and get things going. But the other part is, is, you know, I grew by business like everyone else did at that time, repeat and referral, you know, really just, you know, building those relationships with clients. And, uh, I, I didn't stop talking to him when I left, you know, I mean, I talked to him maybe every six months or once a year or whatever. So when I returned to the market, I said, Hey, I'm returning to the market. Who do you know who wants to buy or sell real estate? And, uh, you know, that, that referral stream just started coming in again. And, uh, you know, you turn your marketing systems on as well, do some prospecting, boom, you're back in business again within a month or two. And, you know, I'll add that I started marketing a month or two before I even came back to the marketplace. So I was, you know, you know, placing ads, generating 24 hour call IVR call responses and, and whatnot, and more or less nurturing buyers, if you will. I mean, this was before we were doing it on the Internet, uh, nurturing buyers before I even arrived. So when I arrived, I was ready to go.
0: Wow, that, that, that's a great story. So, OK, so where are you today? Let's fast forward to today. What, sure. Like how many houses have you sold in the last 12 months or so, would you say?
1: the uh, last 12 months, uh, about 650 houses this year, we're going to be up a little bit. I, I think we're going to be maybe at about seven twenty five, but we're up substantially on the dollar volume. And, uh, you know what I mean? Do you want to sell more houses or do you want to sell more volume? And we're, we're going to be up probably <laughs> 50% on volume. So that's, that's
0: so, a- so wait a minute, let me get this straight. So first of all, what's your volume,
1: uh, volume for this year should finish off right around 200 million.
0: All right. So 200 million. What about last year? What'd you do last year?
1: Last year, I think we were at about 150, 145 million, somewhere wow. right around there.
0: That's crazy. Okay, so you know you had a 50 million dollar uh, jump, and I, I need to find out after we get through these numbers. I need sure. to find out exactly, specifically, what you did to get there, because people listening want to know. This show is all about meat and potatoes. It's not right. about cliches and and saying cool quotes from famous authors. <laughs> this is about Exactly what you did to go fifty million uh, going up. Okay, so you're obviously kicking it. What's your team look like, or, or you know, describe okay. this going on here?
1: Yeah, so on on our team, we have about currently have about fifteen buyers agents on our team. Uh, each agent selling somewhere on average in the low twenties as far as number of transactions per year. Uh, we have seven seven or eight listing partners on our team. Wow. Uh, yeah, yeah. And, um, and uh, they are listing machines. And that's pretty much about the compliment that we had about a year ago. So we have a pretty much on the team, a very similar amount of agents. They're just doing more transactions per agent.
0: Well, we got to find out that, that too, because to be able to duplicate a, list, a, a listing agent that's a closer... Mm-hmm. You can learn a lot from that, uh, right? We can learn a lot from what you teach them. So I'm going to find out about that too. But uh, okay, so for, first of all, let's get into your, uh, what we call ego commission income, your ECI, Chris, what is it?
1: Well, you know, you really don't think about that too much because that doesn't go into the bank. But uh, I, I want to say that, you know, this <laughs> sure. this year, it's probably going to be right around 7 million or so. Uh, but that's that's just from the real estate side of it. We have several other vertically integrated businesses going on. The I'll add though that most of not most but a good amount of our listings are over six percent commission. I think we're running around forty percent of them are at seven. So we have a pretty good yield per transaction as well, a little little bit higher. Yeah,
0: you sure do. So seven million dollars, uh, you know, that's that's great. What is your net profit on that seven mil?
1: Probably right now between I would say net 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 profit bottom line is probably right around eight percent. Um, Part of the reason why it's not in the 15-16 range is we're, we're kind of bludgeoning our way into uh, the high-end market, um, doing a lot of marketing to get into that space. Uh, we, we want it. We want to own it. We acquired the Sotheby's franchise a little over a year ago, and uh, we're going after that market like crazy. So if you remove the extra marketing that we're doing to push our way into the marketplace, we would probably be closer to 15 or 16%.
0: Yeah, that. sure. But let's face it, marketing is an expense, right? I mean, it is an expense, so we do have to count it.
1: Yeah, right? but, I, I, th- but this is the over and above marketing. This is I not know, the, I, yeah, this is the, well, the yeah. adding a little extra juice to the equation. I get it,
0: I, I get it. I get it. Uh, you know, what I'm saying is we just can't, you know, some I've had other people come on the show and be like, oh, well, you know, my profit is, you know, 30% uh, if you take out, uh, the money that I put in to grow it to to rev up for next year. And I'm like, no, 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 no.
1: Right. You got you to
0: gotta subtract that off. So I appreciate you being candid with the 8%. Yeah. I mean, you're still netting out 420 grand, which is certainly not chump change. I mean, it's no. certainly a a good income. And then if you could, you know, have uh, other businesses on the side to make money in addition to that 420, it's even better. Like what other businesses do you guys have?
1: that that's a, that's a great question so the real estate business really provides the backbone and platform for the other businesses and the, the other businesses wouldn't exist you know if um, if we didn't have the real estate business as the backbone and they probably provide almost probably right around two thirds or maybe 60% more income over and above that initial number that you gave. Uh, Other businesses include, of course, we have a a title venture when you're doing the the number of transactions that you're doing. We have title ventures. Uh, We are, we're flipping houses. Uh, we have uh, another real estate arm, property management, and we're really playing, like we're, we're doing commercial as well, and we're really playing those businesses in such a way that we're in it to win it. I mean, if we're going to do it, we're <laughs> going to go after it. You Which know, one
0: makes start- you the most profit, title, flipping, uh, or property management? You if know, so it's the interesting, interesting. wants to decide, they're like, damn, I can't do all three of those. Give me one.
1: Right. You know, it, it's interesting because, you know, the, the, the core businesses, you know, primarily real estate related, you know, the other real estate ventures don't make a whole lot less than the main one that I just talked about. So there's not, it's not like, you, you know, smaller ventures making a hundred thousand and the main team is making 400,000. They might be making two or 300,000, you know, together. Um, and there's different reasons for all of them. I mean, title title's just a great a great business to have. It provides a great amount probably about another $150,000.
0: Titles phenomenal. I mean, oh, I am yeah. always shocked that it's not more regular. I mean, 85, 90% commissions. I mean, you can't mm-hmm. you can't find that anywhere, right? Well, you can in other insurance products like like uh, whole life insurance and stuff like that.
1: Well, we want to we, we want to we wanted to deliver a better project to our agents and clients we really wanted to control the transaction and the process to deliver an extraordinary experience to our clients and our agents and having that integrated together where our transaction coordinators are integrated you know with our, our people in our title company just creates a very very fluid process and that's actually where we started with the title company it wasn't even from an income perspective we just wanted to create a better product Yeah, you know, I really like property management because it's so safe. It's, it protects, you know, your core businesses. You know, when when the market does change, which it will here in the next year or two, um, I would say almost for sure, property management's the gift that just keeps on giving. So, you know, it's just it's just like your insurance policy. It doesn't make a ton a ton of money, but it's definitely additive to the to the business. And yeah. we and we only have about 140 doors. If we had, you know, four or five hundred doors, that would be a little bit different story.
0: Yeah, and it's becoming less and less labor intensive too. You know, with technology has really put a dent in the amount of labor required for uh, property management. We've had several people on the show that have come on that have that own property management companies that have given us lists of of apps and software now that you can right. get that just saves you from hiring
1: human beings. Well, and 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 outsourcing too Pat I mean we've really been able to integrate outsourcing into just about every single part of our business. I would more like call it insourcing because we find our own people and we have our own group, and I mean they really aren't integrated you know part of part of our team you know they They interact with our team daily they're respected as they're as they're here and uh, and they make our business much, much more efficient we 're able to provide more at a much, much lower cost. And um, again, it's insulation protecting us from the market. When it changes, we have a lower cost structure, you know, inside our company.
0: That's awesome. Okay. So, so how'd you go from 145 million to 200? Give me some specifics of what you did, what you changed.
1: Well, I mean, we have been working on what we call a flight to quality for like the last three or four years where everything we do is done extremely well. We have a very cookie cutter approach, you know, with, with our properties. It doesn't matter if there's $120,000 property or $1. $1.5 million property. We use pretty much the same tools. It, it might be overkill on our on our lower end properties, but on our upper end properties, it's, it's absolutely necessary. And what that's done is it's allowed us to be respected in the marketplace as a leader providing the best service in town. And as such we've been able to get those luxury listings and finally about a year and a half ago we were able to acquire the franchise from Sotheby's International Realty to actually start a franchise here in our in our marketplace and of course that's made a tremendous difference for us we've we've seen our average list price zoom from about 270 about a year ago when we started with Sotheby's to about 640 in the MLS as of now and that's I mean that's just in a year and a half wow
0: Okay, so let me slow down on this, right? Okay, so you were an independent company, right? What were you called?
1: We were just called the the, the Chris Weaver Real Estate Team, and uh, and our approach with Sotheby's was very, very unusual. They they at that time weren't even weren't even pro team, and we were able to convince them that you know we would be a great franchisee and we wouldn't just grow the team but we would actually grow the franchise. So now we are now We didn't want
0: it to be like uh, what they call a teamerage, right? Mm-hmm. Where it's basically just your team. I know some people that have uh, you know opened up Remax offices and their team-a-ridges mm-hmm. and other offices, you know, uh and a lot of times the brokers just to explain to people listening don't like that. They're like, "No, we don't want a teamerage, We want a we want you to have other agents on a traditional brokerage model. So talk to me about how you got around that with Sotheby's.
1: Well, I mean, we told them that we really wanted to bring them brand to the marketplace and we were the the leader that could, we were all, we already had the culture. We were already doing things the way that they wanted. We were already forward thinking with technology. And I mean, if you go look at our inventory Everything looks great. From bottom to top, everything looks great. And really, we were probably one of the only people in the marketplace where we could offer that kind of level of Vanguard service to protect their brand. And then I I told them, hey, look, I'm going to go ahead and not only bring the brand to the marketplace, but we're going to add offices, you know, that are non-team. We're going to add agents. We're going to add other teams so that we can bring what this brand offers, you know, to everyone here in the marketplace who we think is a good cultural fit for the company as a whole. So anyway, they they bought into it. It's been a, it's been a great marriage for them and us. Uh, It's done absolutely phenomenal things for our team and other teams that we've brought on as well. I mean, We've we've seen other teams uh, see similar results to what we've had, and uh, it's been it's been a tremendous blessing. So, that that's that's a lot of the way that we okay. got that value. Did, did
0: someone else have the franchise? Did someone else have the Sotheby's franchise, and they lost it, and you got it, or was it non-existent in your marketplace?
1: In our marketplace, it was completely non-existent. Okay,
0: but you had to, it. Sounds like you had to struggle to get it.
1: There was quite an interview process. I mean, they they, they check out everything from parking tickets that you had when you were 17 years old to every single business arrangement that you've well, ever seen. Oh, yeah.
0: I mean, they, yeah.
1: That, I mean, <laughs> I mean, they, they have to protect to their to reputation. About, yeah. You know, it's, it, it's
0: Okay. So was that like magic dust? Just, you know, sprinkling Sotheby's on your name and all of a sudden your your sale price goes from 250 to 650 I mean, well, really there had to be some action that you took on your part.
1: Yeah, good, good good, question there. I mean, the, the answer would be yes and no. We were already a prospecting marketing organization. So when we added their magic dust to what we were already doing, yeah, it, it made a huge, huge difference. So uh, it was
0: probably gave you confidence in like that $1.5 or that $2 million house, right? Like if you, well, call, if you cold called and expired and were like, I'm with the Chris Weaver team <laughs> – Chris Weaver and Associates, you were probably, or your agents might have been off. guessing insecure. <laughs> but now that they're saying, hey, you know, this is Marcy Chapman I'm uh-huh. with Chris Weaver, Sotheby's International.
1: Atlantic Sotheby's International Realty. So, so our team is not the brokerage. So we actually operate two completely companies, completely different companies. Our team is now inside of the brokerage, but we created the brokerage. We own both. But, yeah, but they're, uh,
0: they're still in the brokerage. They still have to pay franchise fees,
1: right? of course. But uh, but the way that conversation went, and I'll take you take it from the ISA models. We, we've always had you know several ISAs on the team. So when they called a high end expired listing, of course they go, "Hi, I'm such and such. Your home came off the market," and and they would kind of blow you off. And you know, every once in a while, you would get someone who would listen and listen to your pitch, and you would get the appointment. Once we started telling people that we were Sotheby's or or we were going to be with Sotheby's literally the seller would stop in their tracks and go, okay, I'm listening. (laughs) And we knew at that point, okay, this is going to be great. So, you know, you've got to do something with the tools that you have in your toolbox. I mean, certainly, you know. what did you do?
0: What specifically did you do with said tools? Take me through the, you know, because people are listening now. They're like, "Damn, I just pulled over to the side of the road. I've been trying to increase my sale price for 10 years. Right. Uh, So give me some specifics what you did. Uh, with the tools or, you know,
1: well, I mean, it, it, it's all, it's all about being proactive one, but the other part is EOS evidence of success. You know, Mm. you know, it's guilt by association. It's also prosperity by association, you know, so we use social media, we leverage social media to really highlight, you know, our, our wins, how we're artfully, uh, 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 marketing a property. You know, we already have in-house video cinematography, uh, drone work. I mean, we we're able to put together a $5,000 production on properties for just a couple hundred dollars, two or 300, because we have the, both the people and the technology already. And so, so we would, we would represent our properties in such a way that was just so different in the marketplace and still, and still is frankly. And, um, and that would get noticed. So we keep on putting that out there so people can see what's going on. And then you combine your normal guerrilla tactics. You get on the phone, you call the expired, you mail stuff out, you, know, you answer every inquiry. You, know, you, you do the normal nuts and bolts of the business to make it happen. You marry, marry those things together and let everyone know where you're at and where you're focusing in the marketplace. And it comes together. It's pretty amazing. And we're and we're we're really just getting started, so we're super super excited with our growth trajectory. So, did you
0: specifically start um, sending out more mailers and uh, knocking on more doors in higher end
1: neighborhoods? We we all we've done really is we have an emphasis. On marketing, to, so we have our constellation of things that we do already that, you know, mailing to expireds, calling expireds, the withdrawals, uh, and then, of course, you know, SOI and everything else. But we, there's always an emphasis. There's always an emphasis on everything that we do that's, that's luxury oriented.
0: As a member of the Rockstar Nation, you may have noticed that every guest that comes on the show now is required to bring with them
1: in everything you do, your, your, your cold calls, your interactions, you know, how we dress, I mean, every, everything, you know, you, you dress the part, you do the part, walk the talk, and then you're aggressive, you know, you're aggressive with your marketing and then it all comes together. A year and a half ago, I looked at the inventory a year and a half ago, we had four tenths of a percent of the inventory over 750. A year ago, we had 1.5 percent or so of the inventory over 750 we now have 5.7 percent of the inventory over 750 wow yeah
0: that's that's i I love it i I mean i I don't know if you do but you should have a a graph made or or at least drawn that's a great idea everybody see that you know it's
1: it's going up
0: (laughs) set a goal for 10 you know what i mean. throw a party when you hit 10.
1: 22%, man. That's the goal. 22.
0: There you go. Okay. So let's talk about a listing. You got seven or eight uh, listing agents. How do you teach them to win?
1: Well, I mean, first, first of all, they got to know their scripts. They got to know our, they got to know our USPs, our unique selling propositions, you know, and, and why we're the best fit for for the client. So,
0: so what are the USPs? Like, what are they saying on a listing appointment? What are they rattling off?
1: Well, I mean, in a nutshell, it's, it's marketing and and it's service. You know, we have, you know, the concierge that goes to the property and checks on the property and everything, everything that we do is done. to. How the, often
0: I, does a concierge go there?
1: Every two weeks to the property. So they have
0: a concierge that goes and checks. Uh, this is for empty properties or also properties where people live?
1: If they're living in the property, it's up to the seller. But if it's empty, it's just automatic. It's every every two weeks. So
0: even if they're living there, someone will go and, and check it and then kind of be like an accountability person. Like, hey, you know, I saw this right. Diet Coke can sitting out or whatever.
1: Yeah, I mean, they're also an extension of marketing, too. I mean, you know, they're there to make sure the IVR riders are up. They're there to make sure that the flyers are there. You know, we want to get all the leads that we can from all the properties that we have. So without those guys in the field, you know, our agents would be doing it or no one would be doing it. And we want our agents to be focusing on dollar productive activities and everything that we do. But for the most part, to answer your question, as far as the listings go, most of those listing opportunities are generated from what we do, you know, advertising on the radio, getting creative there, uh, inside sales team, pounding the phone daily, day in, day out, you know, training them to be an elite force, you know, attacking those expires and and for sale landowners. Uh, and withdrawals. And then, of course, mining the database. We have over over 65,000 leads on both the buy side and sell side combined. And, you know, like a lot of people that probably come on this show, there isn't always even a need to generate leads because you already have so many. So, you know, mining the ones that you have to maximize those opportunities.
0: Okay. So, what percentage of your business is uh, listings versus buyers?
1: This month we're looking at about forty five fifty five which I think is kind of where things are going because you know people are doing a lot of lead gen uh fifty five buyer forty five listing you know we're okay with that listing number being higher because that means we're taking more market share too. No I
0: love that, yeah, I love that everybody should uh, be more focused like that so you've gotten some press and and you're known a for your onboarding system of how you're able to do that. I know you're pretty proud of that. What, uh, can you tell me like, what is your onboarding system and, and how does it work if someone were to want to copy it?
1: Well, it's, it's a very, it's a very detailed system. I mean, it's a cornerstone to being able to grow. Um, in fact, we're about to go through another growth phase right now. We hired a recruiter onto our company and our team. So we're going to be adding a lot of people to, to the group. Well, you want to make sure the people you bring on are successful and you also want to make sure they're not detracting from the success of the other people. You know, the, the mentorship idea does work, but when a producing agent's mentoring a non-producing agent, you're going to slow down the production process. So we have a, a, a dedicated trainer in our group who, go, you know, who, who spends over four weeks, I believe, uh, going through a seven, eight, nine page checklist of everything from how to answer the phone, how to address what are i mean there 's almost an entire day devoted to culture and values and, and what we 're all about, and then you know systems you know your boomtown systems, your follow up systems you know, do they know the basic script you know, literally everything so that when they come down the conveyor belt they 're a success and just case in point, if you take a brand new green agent who 's never been licensed before. We have uh, nearly 100% success rate, and I say nearly about 95% because we're, we're very careful of vetting who we bring on, success rate with new agents. And success meaning they're going to they're sell at least in the high teens their first year, if not in the 20s, and a really successful new agent is going to do 30 transactions. I mean, their first year, I mean, right out of the box, no training, they don't know anything about real estate. They may, this might even be their first job. Um, so it's, it's, it's a very, very thorough system so that the agent is able to you know, get on the ground running, they're not wasting leads, they're not taking the time of the other agents they are able to go into production right away. Now, I mean, I believe that every brand new agent has a, a battery charge of about six months, and as soon as they get their license and they come into the office, that battery is being drained. You know, so you better make sure that they're up and running, ready to go. Because, I mean, everyone gets their license with a lot of enthusiasm. You know, we don't want to see that go away when they come on on board.
0: Yeah, I love that. It's so true. And one of my favorite books is The Alchemist, and he talks about it with beginner's luck. He said Mm -hmm. beginner's luck is a real thing. You know what I mean? You get lucky in the beginning because you're so enthusiastic and you're so excited. And and, and then, you know, the sophomore year is where, you know, you don't have that luck anymore, for lack of a better way to put it. So that leads to a great question. You know, how do you – get them in their, in their second six months to be as excited and aggressive as their first six?
1: Well, I mean, we're super, super structured. You know, we have, you know, morning huddles, which are, which are voluntary, of course, you know, each morning, every day, but everyone does attend. Um, Do they call,
0: do they call in or do they show up at the office or how's that work?
1: We're physical here. I mean, we're, you know, everyone's able to make it into the office where we're at and we have, we're fortunate enough to have office space for everyone. You know, so everyone gets together physically. They spend time with each other. It's a f- quick 15 to 20 minute huddle. So everyone starts out on, on, on the right page. And, and what do you, what do you do?
0: Do you, are you required, are you as the leader, do you sit, do you give them an inspiration or do you go around and say, tell me what you're working on or how does that work if someone wants to emulate it?
1: It, it's a combination of things. I mean, it's a combination of accountability. It might be inspiration. It might be systems. It might be training. And generally, it is, it is you know, throughout the course of the week, you, we are hitting all those points. You know, I, I don't really like the huddles where it's every morning you go around the table, how many did you sell yesterday? I mean, first, you know, with a group of 15, 20, 25 buyers agents, which is where we're growing to, that's really kind of onerous. I mean, you're spending almost an hour, <laughs> you know, just getting stats. And that's, you know, so they, they turn in daily activity records, which are sent to our, to our VAs, our virtual assistants, and they collect all the information. But, you know, they're, they're set on the right path. You know, if, if, if energy is required, we inject energy. And in. if, if uh, techniques are required, we, we go over techniques. Um, but there's always a little bit of everything, you know, in those morning huddles. It's all about starting your day right, starting your day right with, with the right mindset, uh, the right goals in place. And, and, you know, sometimes it requires accountability, sometimes it requires inspiration.
0: Yeah, you just have to you just have to figure it out, I guess, every day.
1: Yeah, I, yeah. I mean, we, the, we we don't have a necessarily set system. When we do A, B, C, D, E, and I know some people are very very structured that way. But during the course of the week, we pretty much have every value point we need to.
0: Yeah, I've I've heard different stories. Some people come on and say, you know, they have this accountability meeting. What you're working on? Da da da. Other people say, hey, it's going to show up in the monthly numbers, right? So if Sally's selling four houses and Sue doesn't sell any houses, you know that Sue is the one that needs to be held accountable, not Sally, right? So, so sure. to, what does this daily accountability sheet look like? Can you explain the process of sure. how they fill out the sheet, what it says, and what the VA has to do with it?
1: Well, when you, have, when you have so many people, you know, you have to have a, a way to, to account of what they're doing. You want to know who you need to invest time and energy into. And I have, a, I have a team lead on the buyer group and the listing group. So I'm not actually the one that, that has to do that. Um, but, you know, you've got to be able to manage them because at the end of the day, you know, you, it's, it's the personal connection and the mentorship and the coaching that matters the most, you know, with, the, with that group, not necessarily going over the paperwork. So they turn in the paperwork, the VA. enters in all the data, and more or less, the people who have issues, or you, know, say maybe they didn't prospect for the last couple of days, or they're not showing, or whatever that issue might be, that's then flagged, and, and then the, the buyer agent team lead or listing team lead can go ahead and have a conversation either ad hoc or do an actual one-on-one, which those are scheduled every single week with the agents.
0: Okay, so as you know, everybody that comes on the show offers a free gift that is, uh, you know, a PDF or a downloadable tool that uh, they can utilize in their workday or their team, uh, teams' workday. And that would be a great gift if you wouldn't mind sharing that. Uh, we could put it in the toolbox. Can I get a copy of that of that daily checklist? Sure,
1: sure, absolutely. I'll well, include that, it.
0: That would be awesome, guys, and then it'll all be on Chris's. Show notes, which, by the way, Chris is spelled K-R-I-S. Um, it's Chris Weaver with a K, and it's hybendigital.com backslash Chris Weaver. It will be in the show notes, this tracking form. You should uh, definitely look at it. We're also going to put it in the toolbox, hybendigital.com backslash toolbox, among other things that other guests have added. Okay, Chris, uh, let's wrap this up with our uh, flagship question, and that is this. Let's say I took you or one of your agents. I'm going to just say you. Put you on a desert island, right? And It's not desert. That's the wrong word. Put you on an island. There's a lot of commerce. There's a lot of things going on there. Sure. Um, and uh, people are buying and selling houses. I'm going to put you with nine other agents who you're competing against. I'm giving each agent $1,000, a laptop, computer, and a cell phone. And I'm telling the agents, you have six months to sell as many houses as you can. Whoever sells the most houses in six months Wins $10 million. The only commonality you have with these ten, nine other agents is nobody knows anyone. Okay, so you know no one. How's Chris Weaver going to win this game show, and win this $10 million?
1: Well, if I only have $1,000, I think I'm going to use the trifecta of, you know, I'm, I'm going to use social media, targeted social media. So that, uh, I'm assuming we're on an island. So let's say there's 5,000 people there. Yeah, there's Facebook. I, I, I like that number. So, you know, 5,000 is easy. I can, I can make that $1,000 go a long way to let those people know I'm in the marketplace and that I'm successful. Probably borrow, you know, other agents listing. Hey, you just sold this property. Do you mind if I marketed it as sold? You just listed this. Do you mind if I marketed? You ask enough people, they'll say yes. So boom, now I'm known in the marketplace then I'm going to get my headset on. I'm going to start calling expires. I'm going to start calling for sale by owners. I'm going to make sure I have a pre-listing package together so I can put my best foot forward. And, you know, I'm going to go after those things like a, like a gorilla. And then, of course, you know, hey, when, there's not a, when you don't have any more people to call, what are you going to do? You might as well go ahead and do the passive thing and grab some open house signs, do that the right way too, promote those online, use lots and lots of signs. And I'm, I'm going to be working 10 to 12 hours a day. And I think that's the key part too you're not going to work eight hours a day if you're going to kill it. I mean, you're going to work 10, 12, you know, 14 hours a day. Work your plan with the beginning and the end. You know, you don't want to have an imbalanced work-life balance forever. But, you know, at some time, when you're getting started, if you really want to crush it, you got to put the time in. There's no way around it.
0: Yeah, you know, that's a good answer. And I I really think that it's actually 20 hours a day. I mean, I I really think new agents today should pretend – that there is a $10 million prize at the end of six months and work 20 hours a day and sleep four and (laughs) see what happens, right? What do you think would happen?
1: Well, you know, I think if they focused, if it was a focused 20 hours a day, they would probably get the $10 million prize. I mean, I think, you know, that we're talking about time. You know, I see so many agents, so many times they, they show up, they do stuff, they're using their computer and everything else, but you and I both know real estate is a contact sport. If you're not talking to people, you're not going to make the deals. So the time that, that they spend has got to be focused and it's got to be focused on, you know, either sharpening your craft or talking to people, writing contracts. That's it.
0: Yeah, I love it. Dollar productivity, right? Yes, Listing homes, working with buyers, prospecting. And negotiating, those four things. That's all that makes you money today.
1: DPAs, man. (laughs) Love it,
0: dude. Well, Chris, this has been awesome. Like I said, guys, everything uh, we talked about and that sheet that Chris promised will be on hybendigital.com backslash Chris Weaver with a K, -K K-R-I-S. Best of luck to you, buddy. Next time, I'm in Virginia Beach and Hampton Roads area. I will give you a call. We'll get together and break some bread, my friend.
1: That sounds great, Pat. Hope we do. Good to see you.
0: Thank you for tuning into Real Estate Rockstars. Please subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you may be listening. If you haven't already, please give us a review. I don't care whether it's a one-star review or a five-star review. We eat feedback for breakfast, and we need your reviews. Also, the more reviews we get, the better our guests become. Thanks again for listening, and find me on social media simply by typing in my name. I'm Pat Hyben, and keep rocking. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.